I was just gonna like start it off like, "Hey, I'm Kyle, and uh, this is." <laughs> That's my mother. We had a conversation about my childhood and sort of growing up and the kind of kid that I was. If you'd like to hear that stuff, where well, can they find that, mom? That? Why, why don't I do what? Say what you just said. <laughs> well, you can find that stuff at patreon.com slash the laps as well as a whole bunch of minisodes. Well, I am. I am doing that. Oh, okay. Then I don't have to say anything. It's true. You don't have to say a thing. Right. It is true The Laps is supported by listeners like yourself for as little as a buck a month at patreon.com slash the laps. And there are there's so much stuff there. You can get access to bonus mini shows. There are like eight of those right now. A 20-minute bonus episode, a story by myself, uh, uncut interviews, including this story, this conversation with my mother. Uh, hours of stuff, patreon.com slash the laps. You can help this show keep running. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we have got a story from a fellow, Greg Armstrong, who, honestly, Greg, I'm not sure you want to listen to this one on your lonesome. Greg has been witness to some pretty horrific tragedies, and the way that we use sound to tell our stories here at the Laps, there's one sound in particular that Greg has struggled to rid himself of. Bear that in mind when you listen to this one, my friend. From his persistently low luck to the nickname he soon earned, I'm calling this one as his friends knew him. The Greg Reaper. Here it comes. This is The Laps. Days in uh, London where it's sunny are far and few between, so they really stick out when it's clear blue sky. Really nice day. It wasn't very busy, but I was at the front of the shop talking to a customer. As usual, you get asked what the Apple store is a hundred times a day. Something caught my eye over their shoulder. And I just saw this blur. Was that a... Then I heard the sound. This big echoing fud. Like someone dropped a bag full of... Maybe like 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 a um, like a bag of sand or something. It just had this <laughs> waiting for the screams, and it was just nothing, complete silence. I could see people looking over the edge, but no one seemed really that panicked. It was because no one reacted that I started questioning myself. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna have a look over the edge." But what I expected to see. Gauged everyone's reactions, I thought I was going to see someone's like duffel bag lying on the floor. I walked over to the edge, looked. I kind of froze for a second. Maybe an older person I thought I'd see. Not a young boy. This young boy in a school uniform lying at the bottom. Then the fire alarm went off. So I kind of turned and went in the shop. I was like, alright, sorry everyone, we need to vacate the store. Staff, get your bags, because we're not going to be coming back in here for a few hours. Take what you need with you. By this point, I'd already put the grill down and we'll exit in the back of the store. I'm not a smoker, unless I'm really drunk. But at this point, someone had cigarettes. I remember just being like, can I have a cigarette? 
people asking me what happened, but I don't like to... When something that happens in the centre, you don't know who you're talking to when you go outside, so you'll be careful what you say to people, so I just played dumb with anyone asking me questions about what was happening. I didn't see anything. No, I didn't see anything. Oh, I heard someone fell, then stories start coming out. Oh, I heard he was pushed, I heard this, so you just keep quiet in case it's like someone doing a local paper or something, so you just keep your mouth shut. You know, it's a crime scene in there now. No one's going in there for hours. And you can't go anywhere because all your stuff and you got to cash up or whatever. So you're just waiting. I uh, texted my friend Joe and told him what happened. He's one of those guys that's just like, okay, I'm meeting you for a beer tonight. The Fighting Cox is a great pub. I've been drinking in that pub for like 10 years. It's got a really, really good regulars community down there. It's like Cheers. I can go down there on my own and I'm going to know someone down there. I was in bed and I just kept hearing the... the sound. Shut my eyes, I'd see him on the floor. I kind of expected that, I guess. I knew there'd be some sort of repercussion from it from that day. I remember I'd work the next day. The worst thing was, is that there's a lot of people, other shoppers, outside. You just saw them all stood on the edge, all pointing, like, at where... where oh, it happened over there, that's where it happened. No, he jumped from there. Like, you saw people debating it. And people coming in asking, did you see it? Did you see it? Like, really? I think they forget that people in this shop saw it. They probably don't want to be talking about it. I was just like, no, I didn't see it. Oh, I missed out. I got a little bit, I wouldn't say obsessed with it. I just wanted to know more about him. People would start tweeting, people from his school. At first it was always, oh, he was bullied, he was this, but I don't know how much of that was true. He was 15, why did he jump? Why'd he do it? I do know that when he was in the centre, before jumping, he kept coming in and out of the toilets and looking over the edge and then going back in the toilets. That thought, the thought of just coming and looking over the edge, whether you're debating to do it or not. Like a few years ago when someone else jumped from there, they had a coffee before. They sat down and had a coffee. It's just like, I suppose you don't know it goes through someone's mind before they do something like that. You know? If I was going to do it, would I sit down and have a coffee first? Well, what would be the point? I don't know, unless you want to sit down and reflect and you know, think, debate what you're about to do. I mean, he's lucky he didn't land on anyone. Because it goes straight past my floor into the basement floor. And down there, you've got McDonald's. You've got kids' shops. It's a dark fort. About a week later, someone came in my shop and he tried some stuff on and he went into the fitting room. At a distance, security guard keeps watch. Psst, he says to Greg. That's, that's his, his brother. brother. Who? Who jumped? jumped. That's, that's his brother. brother. Keeping an eye on him to make sure he didn't try the same thing. He was just shopping. But then he came out the fitting room, and I've learnt this information from when he went in, and he's come out. He approaches Greg at the checkout. How are you? T-shirt in his hands. Trying to act as normal as I can, but then I'm knowing now who he is. 
And in my head, it's like, man, do I say anything? I saw your brother die. I hope the t-shirt fits. Like, I didn't know what to say. So I just went on as normal. Just like, okay, well, here you go. I didn't, like, try and offer him to sign up for a loyalty card or anything. I was just like, okay, have a good day. Bye. That was, like, the beginning. After that, I started noticing a lot more things happening all the time. <laughs> I had to go for some meetings up London. It's about 20 minutes on the train. My train back was stopped because of a suicide. The next day, I had to get the train up there again. Stop because of a suicide. Day off work, I go for a run. I'm running through the park, and the police stop me and just like, oh, you need to leave the park. And I can see just ahead of me, loads of police cornered off the section of the park. Turns out they found a body in the park. <laughs> this is like round the corner from my house. It's like six in the morning. What is going on here? I look out the window. They found a naked man dead across the road from my flat. <laughs> they think fallen out of a window drunk. I see someone get, um, he, uh, he went to cross and it just, I don't know if it killed him. But it hit him. This became a, a, an ongoing theme. The bar manager, Callum, he joined not long after the first incident at Bentles, so I'd go to the pub for a beer. Almost a cliche, so you just got the weight of the world on your shoulders, so I'm waiting to tell me about it. Barman routine. Um, that's how we just got chatting. Oh, what did you see today, Greg? Oh, guy got hit by a car. Oh, he's, he strikes again. Like, he kind of started calling me the Greg Reaper from it all. But I went along with it, like, I kind of enjoyed the humour, I had the joke and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, be careful you stand next to me, like, trying to f find humour in it all. You know, I wasn't seriously walking around thinking, right, death is following me, but I was definitely aware that I was seeing it a hell of a lot more. I remember saying to my friend Joe, I was like, I listed all the things that had kind of happened recently, and texted him, and I was like, do you not feel like something's going to happen? Like, this is building up to something? He was like... No. <laughs> I was like, okay, I have a feeling something big's going to happen soon. I was on a bus home one night from the pub and I had a few beers. My bus suddenly stopped. There'd been a, an accident outside. It was chaos. There was people crying, there was people screaming, there was people in shock, shrapnel all over the floor. There was no police there, there was no one there, and it was just no one was really taking control. I kind of looked round, I saw a smashed up bus, I saw a smashed up car, I just saw a body pinned from a car against a wall. Okay. That's real. I just walked away. I didn't stick around. I walked completely away. I just walked. I rang my wife and was like, you won't believe what I just saw. And she came and picked me up with her mum. The next day, I had a uh, yearly review at head office for work, which I was nervous about anyway. 
all over the streets, the news agents. The front page was this crash I saw. I could see this girl's face all day. And then I had to go into this, my yearly review and talk figures and numbers. And I still felt numb all the way through that. Picked up a copy of this paper because it was like a free one to hand down the street. That's why I could see it everywhere. Young girl handing in like her uh, final coursework for university. Just crossing the road. This car lost control, hit bus, pinned her against the wall. Killed her instantly. That actually started making me think about the sound of this boy hitting the floor back at the centre like four months before. It kind of brought that back. And I was hearing that thumping sound again when I was sleeping at night. When I'd get stressed, tired, or run down with work, it would kind of start coming back. Played in my mind. I hear sounds quite a lot in the centre that are loud bangs. And you do see nowadays people react and look and look over the edge to see if it's someone that's jumped. But I'm just like, that's not the sound it makes. That sound sticks with you, man. It's just a solid bump. You know what? I'm going to stop looking for it. And I'm not looking for it, but it's, I'm going to stop reading and thinking like, oh, this is there, this is there. I'm going to stop joking about it with people now. Because it's pretty real. The Greg Reaper. That was kind of wearing thin, that joke. I only told a couple of people I'd seen it. It's not the kind of thing you keep bringing up with people. Oh, guess what I saw the other day? Again, having again. You do play scenarios in your head, like, you know, if I had been closer when it happened, what would I have done? Probably nothing. It would still have been too quick for me to react. But I definitely didn't feel responsible for them. I feel like... Like I'm, like, attention-seeking. That's why I don't bring it up that much with people. The truth is I'm talking to you about it now, but I don't really talk about it much at all anymore. I don't really talk too much about my wife. You know, at times when I've had trouble sleeping from it, she's like, maybe you should get help. Oh, I'm a victim. I'm struggling to sleep. I'm that. When, when so many more people around suffered more. His friends at school or the girl at uni, her friends and family. You know, the next day they put a big, like, tribute shrine up to her where it happened. And there's still flowers there now. I couldn't walk past it for a while. This stuff happens all the time. It wasn't following me around. It was just always there. That story again was shared by Greg Armstrong. The day before this interview, Greg was on his way to work. Somebody else was hit by a train. If you want to hear more from Greg, you can find him on his own podcast, The All-Seeing Guys with Greg and Joe. Decidedly a much more lighthearted show than this episode was, but uh, he's a funny, thoughtful guy who happens to be in a hip-hop group called Dice Rollers as well, available online. You can find links to his stuff at thelaps.org. Give him a look. On that note as well, I'm going to be putting up an uncut version of this interview for the Laps' supporters on Patreon. Greg actually had another nickname all the way back in secondary school. Don't stand too close to Greg or a grand piano will fall out the sky and land on you. Disaster boy. 
<laughs> Do you know what? I can't even really That's at patreon.com slash the lapse. Thanks, as always, to the lovely Jesse Brennan for the show's transcription and to our executive-level supporters, courtesy of Patreon, Dan Lesser, Cindy Crines, which I pronounced correctly this time, I think, Richard Gortz, and Jill Galvez. If you've got a story to share, and you do, I'll give you the question I prompted Greg with. It's as simple as it gets. What is the best or worst thing that has ever happened to you? If you're willing to share, think about it. Contact me, stories at thelapse.org. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening.